Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. A revenge game six months in the making. Remember the first time these two teams matched up? It was a comeback win for the Blackhawks, an overtime victory at the United Center on the home opener. They were also down by two goals in that game. But tonight, a much different story. Hawks cough up a two-goal lead. Detroit ends up picking up their first lead of the game late in the third period, and it ends up being a former Hawk and Dominic Kubelik. Giving the Red Wings a win tonight over the Hawks 4-3. to I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight here on 720 WGN. We will take your calls and text in a minute. But first, we're going to head back on up to the Little Caesars Arena, bring in Troy Murray, who's been on the call with John Wideman tonight. Troy, this game kind of reminded me of the game on Saturday against Nashville. Real good start for the Hawks. Then they kind of allowed the other team to play their game. Third period was an eventful one. Hawks definitely had more of a fight to them, but uh, at the end of the day, you can't give Detroit that many chances that they gave, especially in the second period. Yeah, it all changed in the second period. You know, Detroit was not in the in they they weren't playing their game in the first period. You know, they'd be upset about how they played, and I I would give credit to the Blackhawks and how they played in the first period. And it was an even one. I think they were outshot twelve to ten. Uh, but they were playing the right way. The, the structure was good. They didn't allow any momentum to go in the Red Wings' favor. They found a couple ways to score some goals, both of them by Taylor Radish. Then you head into the second period, and the Red Wings completely flipped the switch and dominated in that second period. And you know, for the Blackhawks, I think they kind of got caught maybe defending a little bit too much. And then as soon as the Red Wings were able to even the score up, I thought that the Blackhawks kind of loosened up a little bit and started to play better at the start of the third period. Third period kind of could have went either way. The Hawks had some opportunities. The the Red Wings had some chances as well. But I think when you look at it in a big picture, the, the, the guys for the Red Wings that had been struggling, their top guys, um, Lucas Raymond struggling to score goals. Dylan Larkin struggling to score goals. Dominique had gone, or, uh, Dominic Kubalik had gone cold. All of their top guys started to play well after the first period and really took over this game. You look at Dylan Larkin played over 22 minutes and that's all in regulation. That's a, a, a top defenseman type of minutes in a 60 minute hockey game. He won 22 of his uh, or 17 of his 22 faceoffs. He had five shots on goal. He missed the net four times. He was really involved in this game and that's what you want from your leadership. Lucas Reichel or Lucas Raymond had five shots on goal. So their top guys in the matchup that they wanted to get in this game against some inexperience on the Blackhawks side. Kurashev at the center ice position along with Lucas Reichel on the wing. That was a matchup that kind of started to control the game because of how good Dylan Larkin is. And, you know, he just was rewarded with a almost $9 million eight-year extension. He's a great player. He's going to be in a Red Wing uniform for a lot of years. He's their leader, his cap, their captain, and he led by example in this game tonight, able to get the job done. You just made me realize that both the Hawks and the Wings have a Lucas R, big part of their future coming up. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> Lucas Raymond, Lucas, Lucas Reichel. I, 
That's funny. I, I never darn even... bandito. <laughs> yeah. um, well, well, Troy, to your point, I mean, and again, Detroit had been winless in their last six games, so they were definitely eager for this one. A short home game with uh, a bunch of road games kind of sandwiched around this one. Of course, they wanted to get redemption against the Hawks from earlier this year. But it's everything that you just said, I feel like there is a positive to pull out in terms of the Hawks' response in the third period because we've talked about it a lot. What time? What type of Hawks team comes out to start a game? What type of effort do they bring all 60 minutes? Second period was one to forget, but the third period wasn't. So at least there is that type of adjustment with, again, a team that's got a whole bunch of new faces on it. I didn't mind what they did in the third period. I mean, they had they had some opportunities, and they, they weren't able to capitalize. The Red Wings, you know, got a couple late goals to tie the game and then to to win the game a face-off win makes the difference on the Kubalik goal but I, I i agree with you joe I, there's a lot of good things the way that they responded to come back after a really tough second period they just got caught on their heels they couldn't get the the execution right they weren't getting pucks out of the zone they had no flow they were and, and with that long change in the second period once you get caught in your own end of the ice all you're trying to do is survive to get the puck out and put yourself in a position where you can change but there's no chance to to finish anything off in the offensive zone and leave the next line coming on in a much better position so all of a sudden you dump the puck in you're off on a line change you allowed the red wings to go back attack with speed put you back in your own end of the ice you defend you defend it just kind of it repeats itself over and over and the Blackhawks tried to use some of their TV timeouts to their advantage to kind of reset and slow things down there but give credit to the Red Wings as you said they had lost six in a row 05 and one they had been outscored 27 nine and in one of those games they scored four goals so you figure out the rest of it they weren't getting any kind of production and their top players had really dried up over that span, and their top players started to take over this game and made the difference at the end of it. I do feel like it was another good showing of Lucas Reichel offensively and, again, piggybacking from his good game against Ottawa. It's just nice to see him looking more natural and more confident offensively on the ice. I like what I see from Reichel. Um, you know, he's he's got to get a little bit stronger. He actually didn't even have a shot on goal in this game, but some of the little plays along the boards and some of the, the decisions that the thought process has been much better. I know he took a penalty down deep um, in the in the first period, I think it was, but at the same time, he was in the right position. He was down low. He was defending. He was helping out. He's got to get a little bit stronger in those areas, and that's something that they're going to focus on in the offseason, putting a little bit of strength into his game because he's he's still a light player. And um, But I, I, I like how they're bringing him along. And it, you look at Tim Stutzla of the Ottawa Senators. He's a natural center, but Stutzla the last couple of years has started and played a lot of his time on the wing with the Senators. Um, and that gives him an, an an opportunity to kind of grow into the NHL, and then you can move him at the right time to the center position. Now, they're protecting Stutzla in Ottawa in the face-off circle by playing him with Claude Giroux, who's one of the better face-off guys in the NHL, um, and for Lucas Reichel, at some point, you know, you'll move him to the center position, but he's got to get stronger because, in a, in a great example of this, if you're on the road and the Blackhawks, at home, get that last line change. They can look at the matchups, and you kind of can you can protect Lucas Reichel. 
and you know give him an opportunity to succeed you can't hide on the road right. and if you're looking for a matchup you're not going to get it right off the bat because you don't get that last line change and if you look at the red wings they wanted to go head to head their top guys their captain against an inexperienced center in Kurashev, a young player in Lucas Reichel and Athanasiu, you know, who can who can play, you know, he's not intimidated by that. But that was a matchup that Detroit was looking to take advantage of. And I, even though I thought Reichel played a, a strong game, I thought Dylan Larkin was the difference in this game for the Red Wings. Well, hopefully a great preview of some challenges and matchups to come down the line for both these you teams. You know, if you're going to grow, you can't avoid them. And I know that the Blackhawks have, have specifically brought Lucas Reichel up for a series of home games. They did it last year. Mm-hmm. Bring him up for the home games, send him down, protect him, let him go down and, and hone his skills at the American Hockey League level. But if he's going to play up here, you know, he's got the skill and we know he's going to be a great player, he's going to have to learn. And there's going to be some growing pains because when you, you don't have Patrick Kane anymore, and, you know, you, you, Jonathan Taves is not in the lineup. Those are the kind of guys that the other team looks at and says, okay, we got to match our top shutdown defensemen, our top guys. You're going to go in and, and you're going to see Ekblad, and you're going to see um, Victor Hedman going up against that line, I would say, in particular. And if you look at Kur- or Kucherov's line with Braden Point, those guys are probably going to match up because they'll get the last line change up against the Kurashev line. So you're going to have to accept the fact that there's going to be some really difficult matchups for a young player and a guy with not a lot of experience down the middle in Kurashev. But you're just going to have to you're going to have to gut that out. You're going to have to grow. You're going to have to learn, and then you'll be better for it in the long run. Well, that's why I asked Luke Richardson. I mean, not to look too far ahead, but. Tampa Bay and Florida are at the end of this road trip. Reichel is on the roster. You know what is the difference now? And he gave some pretty clear-cut examples of what he liked from Reichel's game recently, especially against Ottawa, and learning how to absorb hits a little bit more proficiently. So he's not just getting smacked down each time. So there is that progress there. But yeah, Troy, that's gonna, that's going to be a quite the challenge for these next two games. It'll be interesting to see yeah, how it shapes I mean, out. And, and you know what, Joe? Let, let's rehash the, these thoughts yeah. as, as we play the Florida Panthers, as they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. See what those matchups are. See the, the head-to-head matchup. Or, you know, because that if you look at the Blackhawks, that's probably the biggest offensive threat that they have. So let's shut down that is the mentality of the opposition team. And whether it's a checking line that goes head-to-head, a more physical, heavier line that goes up against the Kurashev line, or do they go head to head? And do you you play your top guys big minutes against Kurashev and and Lucas Reichel? We'll, we'll take a look at that in the next couple games. Love it, I like it. I'll I'll take notes, and then uh, we can swap notes from uh, all the info you gather from the spring training game that you and John go attend, and <laughs> come back with all your cliff notes about it. He's nodding his head, but we're staying here tonight. We're not supposed to land until one o'clock tomorrow. We're not going to get to the hotel to two o'clock. He's not going to a spring training game. <laughs> Well, he's he's saying a night game. Yeah, I was okay, going to say well, don't don't underestimate what John Wideman can do if if he can well, find a still, game. He's still looking for the uh, 
The college football the, game you wanted? No, to... the the Kansas City uh, <laughs> okay. Kansas City Chief game, San Francisco, San Francisco that uh, was never <laughs> was never. He's laughing. What never took place? It was never there. Um, but he was going to get a ticket and go anyway. <laughs> would have been hey, it probably would have been the best game. Frey, he, look at front row. <laughs> he never could have gone to. <laughs> Uh, that's, First one's here. <laughs> would you believe it? Everyone's late but me. All right, Troy, great stuff. Safe travels, and uh, we'll talk to you from the Sunshine State. Hopefully some better weather than uh, out in the West Coast a few weeks All ago. Right. Good job, Joe. All right, likewise. That is Troy Murray. He and John Wideman with the call tonight. As the Blackhawks fall to the Detroit Red Wings 4-3 to up at the Little Caesars Arena. We're taking the post-game, up, post-game show up to 10 o'clock. We do have sound from Taylor Radish and Alex Stalock, but uh, we'll also hear from you. 312-981-7200. You can give us a call. You can give us a text. Uh, There is one text already that I want to get to regarding Jonathan Taves, but we do have to get to our first break. Again, if you'd like to call or text in, 312-981-7200. We'll get to a few of those and then hear from Taylor Radish and Alex Stalock when we come back. Blackhawks postgame show after a 4-3 loss to the Wings, 720 WGN. Hawks cough up a two-goal lead. They fall to... The Detroit Red Wings 4-3 tonight up at the Little Caesars Arena. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight. Our three-star selection is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider. With your collision repair needs, visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. Three-star selection, the number three star is Lucas Raymond, the Blackhawk, or rather the uh, Red Wings left wing. He... Uh, did score the equalizer in the third period that knotted this game up at three apiece. Taylor Radish, the number two star for the Hawks. He had the first two goals of the game and the first two goals for the Hawks. Really good night for him, picking up his first point in five games, his first goal since the last game before the All-Star break, January 28th against the Edmonton Oilers. That was 15 games ago. And the number one star is the former Blackhawk, Dominic Kubelik, who had the game-winning goal in the third period off the face-off just holding on to it for an extra second and then just ripping it past Alex Stalock to give the Red Wings a 4-3 lead. Uh, we'll take your calls and texts 312-981-7200. We're also going to hear from Taylor Radish and Alex Stalock in just a moment. Wanted to get to this text though from the 463 area code. Do you think that Taves will play another game this season? Do you think he is going to retire uh, after this season. Again, Taves' last game, also January 28th, against the Edmonton Oilers. Then it was the All-Star break. Then he continued to take time off due to health concerns, which were not COVID-related. Uh, later on, it was announced that Jonathan Taves is going to kind of sideline himself, put his health first and foremost, dealing with long COVID, dealing with the chronic immune response syndrome, issues that he's dealt with in the past. Earlier today, Luke Richardson told us that Jonathan Taves has been around the locker room. He has been around the team. Not on the road, though. He isn't traveling with the team. But he was actually in the locker room after the big win against Ottawa on Monday and said he was probably one of the more amped-up people in the room for the victory. So he is around. He is working out. He is getting some ice time. And this has been the case, too, right after the All-Star break. That is what gives me the belief that he could return this year. I, I do still think, as of this moment... He will return at some point at the end of this year. That is just my speculation. That's just my opinion. That can change. 
I mean, tomorrow, I know the Hawks don't play. Uh, they're probably going to travel, so they won't even practice. Anyway, the next time Luke Richardson addresses it, he could probably say something like, well, you know, he's Jonathan Taves is going to wait a, even a little bit more to get back on the ice. But as of right now, with the information that we know right now, I would say that Taves is doing everything in his power to come back at least one more time this year. Again, he's a free agent after this year. No one quite knows what's going to happen after that. Leave that all to the speculation out there. But uh, the Blackhawks obviously feeling the absence of not having their captain as of late. And uh, especially with the absence of Patrick Kane, I'm sure a lot of Hawks fans just want to see 19 back on the ice as well. Our buddy Leo from Albuquerque texts in, I hope the Blackhawks give a bonus for 35-plus saves. Yeah, what a performance by Alex Stalock over the past couple of nights. Tonight, a little bit different. However, can't really blame him too much in the second period. Uh, Jake Wallman's goal, Detroit's first goal of the night, able to put a good move on Anders Bjork, just get past him. Second goal was a power play goal. Uh, the third goal of the night, redirected off of uh, Lucas Raymond's stick, and then Dominic Kubelik's goal, I guess, is preventable as well. But uh, Alex Stalock with a shutout a few nights ago, 35 saves. Uh, he had a string of 50 consecutive saves over his last three games at one point. And let's see, he finishes tonight with 36 saves. So that's back-to-back games for Alex Stalock now with 35 or more saves. Great to see him just get consistency in between the pipes, let alone put up a couple of good games. Again, Taylor Radish had two goals for the Hawks tonight and the first two goals of the game. Let's hear from the Blackhawks forward. Great start, but obviously has a, a tough second period to endure, huh? Yeah, it was difficult and fight the whole game. We just didn't have the jump and we're kind of soft in all areas and I feel like with uh, that's not the way we need to play right now and we got to get all four lines working and um, playing hard on hard on the other team and I feel like we didn't do a good job of that. We didn't really help out uh, stay like tonight and he, he gave us a chance to, to be in the game right to the end and um, unfortunately we didn't didn't uh, fall through that. I was going to say the fact that you were in until the end is so something about some blocks before Yeah, he played great. He's He's been awesome for us and I feel like even a lot of games this series, he's been uh, dialed in and, and ready to go. And, and uh, yeah, we want to play play well in front of him. And just kind of, that's, uh, I feel like we got to be better going forward. And, um, yeah, just kind of just uh, regroup and um, get back to work. For you to have this, the team scoring lead now, is that so nice to, to be able to say for this season? Um, it's not something to really think of. You just want to kind of contribute. And it's uh, obviously nice to, to get a couple here today. I've kind of, haven't got any in the last uh, couple of weeks, but it's for sure that's nice. But yeah, just whatever helps the team win, and obviously just being more trying to be more of an offensive guy. It's obviously nice to score, and yeah, lucky enough we got a couple today. Is that a twenty goal mark? Does that mean something? Is that something you're trying to get to? Um, I don't really think you, you think about that. You just try to just keep working hard every day and just getting better. And if they happen to go in, they go in, and uh, yeah, it's obviously nice to score. And but I don't think that's something to really really think about and try not to think about at least and. Um, yeah, just keep uh, working hard and just um, trying to trying to be the best I can for the team. Had your drop and weighing on you? Yeah, it's obviously difficult when the puck's not going in or, or things like that. You just gotta keep refocusing and um, just um, continue to, to do the things that are, may help you succeed. And I feel like um, if I just keep doing that, it's good things will happen. And uh, yeah, just gotta keep keep pushing to pushing to be better at that every day and um, just keep shooting the puck for sure. 
Man, uh, stick tap to Ben Pope, who is uh, playing injured, dealing with a bit of a cold or something. But uh, Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times is uh, helping us out with the audio on this road trip, too. So big thanks to him and big thanks to the Hawks, too, also sending across some audio. Uh, Taylor Radish with two goals tonight ends a scoring drought of his first point in five games, his first goal in 15 games. This is another guy that I think this final stretch of the season gives you a good amount of time to see how he excels in elevated roles and elevated responsibilities. So great showing tonight with a couple of goals, uh, one of them a power play goal. Just same thing that's been working well for the Hawks. Shoot first mentality, not overthinking things, and just throwing it towards the net and trying to get the offense going. Uh, Big fan of what Taylor Radish has been able to bring over to the Hawks since being traded from Tampa Bay in the Brandon Hagel deal, but uh, continues to show that he can be even more valuable when uh, the stakes are a little bit higher. So hopefully that is a trend that he continues to excel at. Hawks goaltender Alex Stalock tonight with his second consecutive game of 35 or more saves. He does suffer the loss in tonight's game against Detroit. He had a heck of a start, though. And uh, as Taylor Radish said, team didn't really do much to help him out in tonight's game. Let's hear from the Hawks goaltender. What's it like in the second period like that when the, almost the entire period's played in your own end? Yeah, we took a couple penalties, and I think, uh, you know, you get out there sometimes on long shifts like that, and it adds up, um, and the team just gets momentum in their own building. Um, you know, I'm playing a lot of good games in this league. You can see periods happen that way. Momentum's... Uh, a big thing in a hockey game, and they definitely had it in the second. Was there something that changed, do you feel like, in, from the first after the touch? Uh, no, I mean, I don't think so. We had two good goals in the first. We played a good road first period. Um, we liked what we did. We came out. They came out with a good first shift, and I think um, they're a team that's been struggling a little bit, I think, in the win column. Uh, they got a good hockey team over there, and I think, uh, you know, they probably looked each other in the eye after the first and uh, wanted to have a better second. They started with a good hard shift, set the tempo, um, you go on a kill, take a long shift, and I think it just adds up. And, um, yeah, it's just uh, one of those periods where it snowballs and they, uh, they stay fresh and, you know, you ice the puck and you stay out there and you get tired and uh, it's a fast game. You've played so well this season. Has it been frustrating to not be able to just stay in the lineup consistently and see what you could have done in the full season? Yeah, I mean, health, uh, yeah, it's a scary thing going through the concussion stuff this year for the first time. And um, I'm just happy to be back. Uh, it's not easy to be an athlete and be sitting out and watching guys play. So to be back, I'm excited every game and I get a chance to go in there. That's Hawks goaltender Alex Stalock. Earlier we heard from Taylor Radish. We're going to go ahead and give him our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. Hawks fall to the Red Wings 4-3 to tonight up at the Little Caesars Arena. We're still going to hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson. And we'll hear from you. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. 312-981-7200. We uh, are going to address one text about the power play when we come back. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Hawks fall to the Wings 4-3. to Luke Richardson after this break on 720 WGN. Just when you thought Chris Steeg's pregame playlist was going to be all shut down and dead, Brett Jackson digs into the ground, pulls it out, and revives it here on the Blackhawks postgame show. Hawks fall to the Detroit Red Wings 4-3 to tonight up in Little Caesars Arena. 
in Detroit, Michigan. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show until 10 o'clock tonight. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Got a text from the 773 area code. Worst power play I have ever witnessed, in quotes, just prior to the game-winning goal in the third period, and a total team collapse in the last five to six minutes of the game. Well, the Hawks went one for three on the power play tonight, so it's tough to categorize it as the worst power play ever. I get it. It's frustrating. They had an opportunity to take the lead in the third period. Troy Murray even said, you know, the first period... You can give to the Hawks, even though they were outshot. Second period was far and away Detroit's period. Third period, kind of a toss-up. And I actually wrote down a decent power play right before Detroit scored that goal. I thought the passing between Seth Jones and Lucas Reichel was looking decent enough. I mean, it just structured passing. Uh, not getting too cute, looking for an open spot to fire a shot, and... It just didn't go the Hawks' way. Uh, collapse in the five last five, six minutes. Okay, yes, I'll give you that. Uh, not a great game overall, but the Hawks did have their spots. And I, I don't want to think that this is considered sugarcoating the game. But again, Hawks get out to a 2 nothing lead. They cough it up in the second period. They need a big response in the third. They come out with the first goal of that third period. Detroit then tied and took the lead, but... It was very different than the second period. So you are seeing adjustments. You are seeing tweaks being made mid-game and improvement mid-game. And this is still the first year of a rebuild, and this is still a very different-looking roster than what we have been used to and what we have expected. So there are going to be growing pains in this last month of the season, let alone all these years of the rebuild. Let's hear what the head coach, Luke Richardson, had to say about tonight's game. Dominated pretty significantly, but are in it to the end like that. You know what? We just uh, we just weren't sharp right from the start. A really sloppy game by us. Uh, you know, I thought we uh, executed a couple of nice shots by, um, you know, Radish on some nice plays in the first period. We were lucky to be 2-2. Uh, because of our goaltender, and then uh, again in the second period, it just uh, it just seemed to get worse. Like you know, it looked like uh, we couldn't catch a pass or uh, make the right read or play. So it was just uh, as, as well as everybody played last game. I think everybody was off, other than our goaltender tonight. Does it? I mean, I, I think statistically that might have been the worst five-on-five game of the season. Did it feel that way? It felt like that for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I know the scoring chances were something like twenty-five to eight or nine, and uh, you know, I, I thought actually in the third period we talked about it at the end of the second and in between the intermission that I thought we we, we we tried to execute a little better at the beginning of the third, and I don't think they got a lot of op- offense there. But uh, I think when they got that chance right after our power play, they were really coming, and uh, it just kind of exploded on us there, and we just couldn't uh, couldn't grab a hold of it, uh, you know, all night really to to get a grip on our game. Zaitsev seems like he's really struggling out there. How much do you chalk that up to just kind of adapting to a new team and everything? You know, the first period I didn't think he was too bad. You know, I, mean, I thought he, he looked very calm and in control, and, and then I think when everybody's scrambling, it doesn't help a new guy. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, you know, he's been around a little bit, so I, I'm I'm fine. With him he'll he'll settle in uh as a veteran I, I like some of the things that he does out there it's just tonight um you know at the end you know we don't play man on man i think caleb cha- chased the guy above the uh referee which we don't do and and really he should be on the guy that zaitsev's on and zaitsev should be flexing on that on that uh, kublik shot so 
uh, you know, a combination of other people making mistakes looks one person look really bad. What can you say about Staylock and just the... Just, uh, you know, our goaltending all year has been really, I thought, really strong in most games. And, and Stales is that guy. He battles. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's still battling. Like, he, at the end when they scored those goals, he's, like, shaking his head like he thinks he should have every shot, which uh, I think that's a good confidence that a goalie should have. But we got to make sure we play a better solid game in front of him. And, you know, if there's a, a couple line rushes like last game that he has to bail us out, uh, that's fine. And uh, But it can't be the whole game. And uh, we got to really learn from this game that whatever we did to prepare for this game today wasn't good enough uh, for the NHL, and we got to be sharper. Got another text here from the 815 area code. Any off-season free agent signings you would like to see? Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you can text. It's, it's kind of interesting, right, because it's this off-season is going to be somewhat similar to last, where free agent signings are going to be short-term fixes for the most part. This past year, the Hawks signed... Alex Stalock, Jack Johnson, Max Domi, Andreas Athanasiu, all short-term deals, all similar situations where they're somewhat prove-me situations, right? Max Domi will be a free agent at the end of this year. I know a lot of people would already like to see him return. Goaltending situation will be interesting as well. But I think if you're a Hawks fan, also be ready for Kyle Davidson and his staff just to be creative and moving pieces around and using their capital that they have available in terms of cap space and the flexibility to use the money they need to spend to maybe acquire more draft picks or maybe acquire a younger player. Uh, It's not like a team that's running for the playoffs right away. All right, we need need a second-line center. Who are we going after? It's not going to be like that for the most part. There will be depth signings and things like that, but I would imagine this upcoming offseason to uh, be similar to last year's. Let's hear how it sounded at Little Caesars Arena tonight in Detroit, Michigan. Like we mentioned, the Hawks got off to a great start in the first period. They were first to strike. Look there to center ice and Tyler Johnson back to get it. Now a 5-on-4 power play for the Hawks. Happen to see you into the wing zone, right wing to Reichel, right circle, put it across, right and shoot the scores! That's a power play goal! And the Hawks take a one nothing lead up here in Detroit. A perfect setup there by Reichel. It was a beautiful pass by Reichel, and actually, I kind of snicker now after bringing up Reichel's game to Troy Murray, and he pointed out Reichel didn't have any shots on goal tonight. He finished with one shot attempt, two shot attempts total, one blocked, one missed. But uh, his pass to Taylor Radish was was great in my eyes. And again, it's another example of Lucas Reichel doing the right things even when he's not scoring goals. I know you pick up a point with that pass, but still, just being aware, looking out for his teammates, being a team player. Great for Taylor Radish, too. Ended the scoring Schneid, picks up the first goal of the game, and then later on he doubled it in this first period. Slip it down behind the wing net. Gutman caught it along the right sideboards to the slot. Here's a shot by Radish. He scores! A second goal in about three minutes. And the Blackhawks take a 2 to nothing lead for Radish. That's number 16 on the season. A 2 nothing lead for the Hawks through that first 20 minutes. They were outshot 12-10. to We moved into the second period. Detroit 
quickly gets on the board. They score with their first shot on goal of that second period. Jake Wallman getting past Anders Bjork and throwing it past Alex Stalock. Later on, Philip Kurashev with a hooking penalty gave Detroit a man advantage, and they were able to cash in. Draw one by the wings. Perron with a puck along the left wing board to Chason. Put it in front of the net. Larkin shoots and scores. It's a power play goal, and the Wings have tied it at two. Some excellent puck movement by the Red Wings, who won the draw cleanly. And Larkin scores. He's got the scoring lead on the Wings anyway. 2-2 with 126 left in period number two. Yeah, it was a really impressive pass coming from Alex Chase on no look through the legs, feeding Dylan Larkin and giving the Wings an equalizer, a 2-2 game through two periods. We moved into the third, again, hoping to see a good start, good response from the Hawks in the third period, and they did so with their first shot on goal. In the second period, at the tail end of that, to get their third shot on goal. Trying to remember, Anderson fires, he scores! Joey Anderson puts the Hawks on top 3-2 with his first goal as a member of the Blackhawks. Clean face-off win by Jujar Kara to the top of the left circle. Joey Anderson grabbed the puck and snapped it home. Hawks lead 3-2. Great first goal for Joey Anderson with the Hawks. They go on top 3-2, but Detroit was able to answer quite quickly. Here's Hague along the left board. Put it right circle. Sherratt fires over the net around the glass. Kept in by Hague from the left point. He fires. He scores. This deflects off, I believe, Caleb Jones, who... Looked like he attempted to block the shot, and it ends up in behind Staylock. The Wings have tied it again, this time at three. It may have nicked Caleb Jones, but it was Lucas Raymond's stick, the last wing with a touch on it, getting it past Staylock, tying up the game at three, and then the Red Wings were able to pick up their first and only lead of the night. Out to take the face off along with the shoot of Joey Anderson, who's picked up his first goal in the Blackhawk uniform a little bit earlier here in third period. Here's Kubalik with a shot, he scores! Off the draw, a clean face-off win by Kopp. Put it to the left point to Lindstrom. And as Kubalik saw that the Wings got possession, he dashed over into the right-wing circle. He was all alone as he received that pass and shot. It's now 4-3 Detroit. Kubalik with the goal against his former team did give us a payout of plus 106. However, it handed the Hawks a 4-3 loss to the Wings. With the loss, the Hawks now fall to 22-37-5. The Red Wings improved 29-26-9, rather 29-26-9, their first win in their last seven games. One last break. We'll take a look around the league, and then we'll get you set up for the news when we come back. Hawks fall to the Wings 4-3. You're listening to the post-game show on 720 WGN. Recapping a 4-3 loss for the Chicago Blackhawks against the Detroit Red Wings. Taking a look at the reverse standings. Hawks still with the second-worst record in the NHL. They're two points above the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Hawks with 49, Columbus with 47. I'm Joe Brand. We're wrapping up the post-game show here on 720 WGN. Hawks' wings were only one out of three games in the NHL tonight. Let's take a look around the NHL, and we'll start in Winnipeg. Sundquist plays it back into his own zone. Middleton to Spurgeon. And Middleton finds Sundquist back in the slot. Foligno scores! A snipe from Marcus Foligno off the feed from Sundquist, and Minnesota's in front. Anthony LaPanta of Bally Sports. Minnesota picks up a point, at least one point, in their 11th straight game 
4-2 winner over the Winnipeg Jets. They're also undefeated against Winnipeg this year. 3-0, outscoring them 14-4. Let's go to Vancouver. Jones takes his pass, shovels the puck behind the net. McTavish puts it in front. Chance for Terry on the back, and he scores. He was able to step in front of Phil DiGiuseppe, take the puck and beat Demko on the backhand, and the Ducks open the scoring 340 into the opening period. And right now it's a 1-1 tie with time ticking away in that first period between the Ducks and the Canucks. The Blackhawks' next game is against the Florida Panthers. Duclair holds it in. Cousins far corner looking out in front. Duclair across. A shot and they score. And it's Barkov. 2-0 Panthers. What a setup in the offensive end. Doug Plagans of WQAM 560. The Panthers... Looking for the second spot in the Eastern Conference wild card, they're three points out. Blackhawks hockey has been brought to you by Sitco Adventure Awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco, Budweiser, ComEd, ComEd Powering Business, Powering Lives, United Airlines, and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help here at WGN. John and Troy had the call in Detroit. I'm Joe Brand. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. Hawks fall to the wings 4-3. We'll talk to you on Friday night when the Hawks go to Florida. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.